This is a special programme brought to you by the makers of Box 39 and by Colm Radio's own voice of football, Bryn Griffiths. Bryn sat down with Colchester United manager John McGreal on Thursday the 11th of April at Colchester United's training facility, the Dream Academy. You went about 17 years as a player, um, some of it at the very top before you became a manager. Tell us all about your playing career. Um, oh, I'm going back a long time. Um, Tramia um, started there as a, a YTS, going back, this is going back years and years ago, 1989 I think it was. So I started off as a YTS at Tramia. Um, obviously then become a professional footballer at Tramia. Um, spent nine years there at Tramia, mm-hmm. in a way, which was a, a great upbringing. You know, the real good core of, of Liverpool lads mixed in with, you know, the young and the old as such. Um, I mean, we were successful, we kept getting into the playoffs, just kept missing um, missing out on the semi-final of the playoffs. I think, albeit with John Aldridge, I think, because he was the goal scorer and he'd scored 40 goals. I hear you an interesting introduction to scoring goals at Tranmere, and your, your first ever goal? Yeah, it was, yeah. Well, <laughs> you scored at both ends, wasn't it? It was McGreal and McGreal, yeah. yeah. Um, was, I always remember it was Leicester away, I think it was either my third or fourth game. Um, and on the, the 90th minute, as you see the, the result, it was McGreal, McGreal, it was 1-1. So, uh, yeah, I've scored a couple of own goals, I've scored a few goals, to, to, to mention a few, but... That was really interesting because no sooner I got into the team, um, as I say, I scored a goal and scored a long goal, and then we were in the semi-final of the uh, of the cup. And we, so, do you, have you ever used that personal experience to talk to some of your younger players? Always, yeah. Even when I first started off here, doing the under thirteens, you know, I've I've gone through you know the YTS scheme, which was going back years ago. Um, so you know these boys now they, they get in winning clubs from a young age. Mm. I didn't have that experience. I actually started the job when I left school, and um, I was a wall and floor tiler doing a YTS scheme, and I just transferred my YTS scheme over from wall and floor tiling into football, and that's how I got my opportunity. And you know, it's all especially when it's doing the thirteens and fifteens here. You know, the, the the more inquisitive the younger boys, they want to know where you've come from and yeah. what you're about, and. You know, and it was great, you know, and they're, they're, they're quite happy to, to soak it all up. I bet you tell them about Inter Milan in the UEFA Cup. Well, the Inter Milan, I, I was in the UEFA Cup, I didn't play in the Inter Milan game, I was so... Uh, oh, right. Did you get on? No, I didn't, no, <laughs> no, but I did score in the UEFA Cup, so that is a claim to fame, so I have done that. I've captained in the UEFA Cup as well. Which matches um, were there? Oh, God, you're at it. I think it was someone Bergen that we won 8-1 against, mm. uh, and we were away in Slovenia, just when Joe Royal took over. Okay. Um, Joe Rowe was the manager and um, I think a fellow scout he looked after me really and gave me the captain arms band um, and we lost on penalties we, we got beat um, on penalties but yeah that was you know that was going back into the Ipswich days uh, which were, were fantastic days so we've got quite an Ipswich link with Colchester how many Ipswich former players or managers yeah, or part of your team yeah. Who, who's around now that's got that Ipswich link um, obviously, obviously yourself obviously <laughs> yourself we've got Wayne Brown um, yeah. who's in and around you've got Tommy Hughes um, you've got Richard Hall you know they worked over there at, at youth level and academy level uh, for Ipswich Town um, a couple of years ago we had Fabian Wilders here as well he was an ex-player over there um, I'm hoping I'm not missing anyone one out but I think Sean Thacker and Tommy Ashby have worked over there as well 
Hasn't Tom got an early link with Tom Eastman? Obviously, yeah, was yeah. There. Um, he made a few games, I think, under Roy Keane, mm. and then I think then he come across here with John. Yeah, Bates. I think he got sent off, and Roy gave was him a it? bit of a yeah. So <laughs> when I interviewed him, we took we, we we talked about his experience of getting sent off and then getting yeah. managerial feedback from Roy. Yeah, well, imagine. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, Tom's been a, a long stayer. You know, he, he's come through and yeah. he's, he's done particularly well for us as well, for Ipswich as well at the time. But obviously, he felt he needed to come to our level and um, to get his get his you know his career going. Um, so you've gone through this career and you've had all these different managers. Who sticks out and what have you learned from them? Probably George Burnley sticks out. That's another link again going back. You know, George was an ex mm. manager here a number of years ago, um, and he's a little bit of a mentor now with the LMA. We have to link him with mentors with the the LMA. Um, and I, I see George quite regular. You know, mm-hmm. just pick his brains. Uh, so what was good advice. about him? Just the way we, it was like a little bit of a, the players looked after themselves in a way really, but mm-hmm. you knew George was there as a, a little bit of a disciplinarian. You had to play football. There was no question about mm-hmm. it. You had to take the ball. Um, obviously he'd been brought up through the Bobby Robsons and stuff like that. And he was really football orientated. Give youth an unbelievable chance as well. Um, and I've just been picking his brains on that as well, because even like your dad and Bent and stuff like that, even I think Theo Walcott, I think he has him at Southampton and Gareth Bales and stuff like that. So, you know, he's he's been down that way with the youth as well through his career. I've been doing that with my start of my career at the minute as well. Um, and I just love to pick his brains. Another manager, ex-manager is mine, Steve Cotswell, and I know one of pick his brains with as well. He's been, you know, with and turn back George Burley, you've both got the experience of bringing the youth on. What, what, what's, what's George had to say about you, the best way to blood these young players into the team? It's, it, he knows what our club's about and we have got a DNA at the club, there's, there's mm-hmm. no question about it. And we know I've been given an opportunity, I've been here from, as I said, doing under 13. Um, so I get to know a lot of the young lads, a lot of the young lads in the team at the minute have been at me since 15, 16 years of age, you're Frankie Kent. And, Sammy Smodrick, Tom Lapsley, just to mention a few. Then you've got the other boys coming into it as well. Uh, so it, it, it's worked, it, it's working pretty well. And think, you know, you're just asking George. And George is local to the area anyway. He's been yeah. over and he's watched us um, over the Christmas time. And yeah, you just, it's not so much just the young lads, it's just also picking his brains at this time of season. Uh, you know, what did you used to do? And I, I think that mentor, yeah, he must have seen a few player fights in his time. Yeah, you know, and I, I think that mentor type, you know, works. And you're just picking brains. Steve Cotswold's another one, you know. Mm-hmm. Again, one that I'll, I'll pick the phone up straight away. And whether he's away or here, there and everywhere, he'll, he'll pick the phone up. So what, so what makes a good football manager then? How would um, you sum it up? I'm still learning, obviously, still mm-hmm. learning this. But I, from the nearly three years in charge is trying to be, obviously, staying on the line. You know, not getting too high, not getting too low with your wins mm-hmm. and your defeats. Um, believing in what you do, which is huge. I'm a firm believer in what I do. Hard work, obviously. Um, I'm, a, I'm a football guy. I want people to, to play football and express themselves. And I think we've been able to, you know, you, you've seen that um, over the yeah. last three years in a way. Some of the football and some of the, the individual performances have been fantastic this year. And we, we want to, obviously, we want to win games of football. And I think since me and Steve have so, been here. So you've come up through the Colchester ranks as a, as a manager. You've talked already about you working with the younger teams. Um, we, we talk a lot about the, the Colchester way. Mm. Can you spell that out in your own words? What What is that? Colchester way is, I've been here 10 years now in a way, and, um, with Tony Humes and Richard Alwyn, they took over uh, as the academy. And, 
you know, we started to implement what we we deemed was the Colchester way, such you know, everyone must be comfortable in position possession of the ball. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got systems to play that we we adapt to, but we, we primarily play a four three three. Uh, we love pace, as you see in this year in the first mm -hmm. team. We've got abundance of pace within the team, mm -hmm. and that's you know that's what we do like. And you know we need to entertain. That's another part of what we want to try and do in Colchester. Obviously, winning games of football and try and get as high as we want, but also we want to try and entertain the paying public. And you're not always going to get that because we want to win games of football as well. But um, it's trying to get that balance, which we're finding it. You know that inconsistency at the minute with the, the youth in the team we win well we can also lose mm -hmm. the following week so we've got to try and improve on that but yeah the Colchester way is you know taking the ball and expressing yourself getting you know earning an opportunity but then when you get your opportunity let's see what you can do not not pick up the bad points continue to work on what you're really good at and then try and still develop you know your weaker points because Carla Dickinson who works in your academy yeah she talked about exactly the same stuff when we interviewed her yeah and I think it's brilliant I think if you go across the country now um, with a cat two in, you know, in division two which mm -hmm. is fantastic for the club you don't that's the academy status yeah. yeah the status you only have to look at the facilities for the first mm -hmm. team in the academy we've got a dome around the corner and then I think the way the boys have been performing on the pitch, we've been in around the top seven all season, with still two points off it as such. I know, but we've definitely got an identity. That's the big thing. We've got a DNA, and you know, and there's some individual performances this year have been really mouthwatering. You look at it and you think Absolutely. some of them have been absolutely fantastic, and some of the team play as well has been fantastic. We've still got to work on other parts of the game. There's no question of that. You know, went to grind out more than the one nilers. Um, but it, it's one where it's been a highly successful season. We just want to try and continue that. So into the last week. you've been there in the playoff fights, John, as a player, and you, you've had success at that with Ipswich. Yeah. Talk us through what the players go through with the end of season running. What's it like to be a player in that playoff running? Um, as a player, again at, at Ipswich, um, George was brilliant, which I've tried to take it a little bit again. Was the players were literally, you know, running. Um, over you know the, the thought processes themselves, we weren't we weren't getting in day by day by George saying yeah this is what we need to do and this is what we need to do. It was just like any other day really. Um, even with the pressure coming with the playoffs and similar to ourselves, it's just a different day. It's just a different day, and you're just taking a day off as you go along towards the semi-finals or to yeah. the playoff final. And you try not to do anything different. All I do remember was when we actually won the semi-finals against Bolton. We then got a big, huge pitch measured out to the Wembley dimension. Ah, right. That's what I do remember. And then what we were doing then on that, we were training consistently on that huge dimension of, of Wembley pitch. Um, and that definitely gave us, you know, I, I firmly believe, something, a little psychological edge. Yeah. Over the on the psychological edge, um, Gareth Southgate made a lot of using Pippa Grange, a sports psychologist in the England setup. Have you got anything in? We have like that's a um, And if we need to, we can link into to the girl um, in, in here. But we haven't overly used her because it's more with the academy and the things she does a little bit with the cricket side of things as well. Yeah. Um, and it's another area where you know that's again an individual. We don't do it as a team. But if an individual needs you know that psychological kind of help in a way and how to do things, obviously we're there as staff. But then if there's something different, there is a lady at the club we can tap into. Because I listened to your interview after the Oldham match and you talked about nervousness and we could see that from mm -hmm. the stands. What, 
what what can you do about that as a manager? I think the name because they seem to be underachieving. We knew they could do better than they did in that first half at Oldham. Yeah, it, it's just I think mistakes then bring a nervousness, and I think if you look uh, back to the Oldham game, we're two 0 down in the space mm. of eleven minutes. And I think when mistakes have happened and you're being punished by mistakes, it's then being brave. And you keep hearing this word about being brave on a football mm. pitch about some people t- t- you know, tend to deem it with smashing into tackles and competing and this, that and the other. Being brave is when you tune no down after 11 minutes. Yeah. Tom Lapsley flashed across my mind Absolutely. when you said that. Continually to get the ball, yeah. continually to work hard, continually. And you know what, looking back at the tape, yeah, we were nervous with them goals. But then we got all to the game against second mm. half, and I think it was a good second half. You know the, the the positions we got into, the opportunities we should be scoring goals, yeah. and that's been a little bit of a, a thing of us of late. We've been getting so many shots away on target. Stats have proved it, but we haven't been able so to. So on, on stats, I'm interested in that. There's lots of stats talked about in modern football. Are you a bit of a Wenger man when it comes to analysing? I what's think happening? every manager now is into stats. I think it's 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 there. It's how you use them. Obviously, you can. So what you look? What stats are you getting, and what well, you're looking at? Stats you can look. You can work from GPS stats of a, of a training session. So you can, you know, if single from Saturday to Saturday, we'll put on sessions throughout the week where we'll be looking to hit different types of stats of different types of runs and sprints in training mm-hmm. to try and mirror what we try and do over Saturday. But then also you look at different stats of final phase entries, um, centre forward runs in behind their back three or their back four. You can use stats. On how because we've got a video analysis person here who you know straight after the game will be tapping into him straight away and he'll be calling the game. So um, on the Monday when yeah. you're doing the analysis and you're sitting down with the players to reflect on the Saturday, just talk us through what's that like? Yeah. What are you doing? What are you talking to the players about? Dependent on if it, if it's on a Tuesday, uh, we'll be in on a Sunday. We'll probably you know tend to go over it on a Sunday or a Monday. That's you and your managerial team. Yeah, me, me and Steve. Yeah, yeah. me, and Steve, and the analysis. We'll go through and we'll and we'll, we'll get we'll pick things out. But more often than not, um, we'll all watch the game on Sunday after the game. We'll come with our own little ideas. Uh, Griff, the analysis, he'll have his ideas, he'll have things cut, again, as we talk about the Colchester way, how we want to play, how we performed, mm. did the white men get in the game enough, um, defensively, did people recover into, you know, little things really, straight lines behind the ball, so we'll all look at that on a Monday morning, um, and then what we'll do, we'll base again our opposition who we're playing, so for instance, Berry, we, you know, we'll, we'll be looking at the analysis of what they've done, their last three, four games, so we'll go through that as well. So not only we look at our own game from the previous Saturday and what we can work on, we'll then also analyse the opposition. And so what you sh- and how you communicate and sharing that with the players and preparing them? Yeah, we'll always have meetings, uh, whether it's a, a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, definitely the, you know, we have a couple of prep days, Thursday, Friday, if it's a free week. So uh, the Monday will be a little bit more of a recovery, possibly a little bit of analysis to mm-hmm. get them thinking about it, of what's happened at the weekend. But generally, it tends to be the Thursday, Friday, and a little bit on a Saturday to the build up to the opposition. So, what are you telling about the players and the opposition? Because people talk about Don Revy virtually had a book about the other team, didn't they? Yeah. Well, I think you only have to look at the outset athletes. I think it's, it's so important. I think it's one where you know you have to do. We've got the facility. We've got the people to do it. Um, we've got the scouts that go up and down the country. As I say, you know, as I'm sitting here with you now, you'll see all this. I can see about five uh, scouting reports well, on the table. Absolutely. So we, you know, there's no stone unturned. Uh, the boys get everything that we, we deem is right for them, and you know, it's 
it's proved really worthwhile, you know, and I think now every manager um, does that. It, it's just the so common. One, one thing I want to ask you about, about the psychology that I feel very strongly about is this, is the booing. Because I would never stand on the table at the end of a day's work if I thought my team hadn't done well and yeah. boo them on. Yeah. Because it wouldn't work. So what does it feel like as a young player when that happens to you? You know what? I, was, I must have been one of the fortunate ones because I didn't really get booed as such, to be honest. I don't know whether it was a different type of era, 20 odd years ago when I was playing, in a way. Uh, it's a little bit more prevalent now, if that's the word, in a way you can hear it. You know, I think social media has a huge lot to do with that now. Um, and I think as young players, as you, as you see this year, we're a young, young team. I think six academy boys generally week after week now we're playing in the first team. Um, and they're going to make mistakes. There's, there's no question about it. They're I've got daughters mistakes. that are the age, yeah. doing degrees to the age yeah. of some of your players. And if I read one of their essays for university, then I told them it was and booed them. It wouldn't improve their performance. No, no. I've, we have to, again, that comes with the psychological thing as me and Steve and you know other members of staff, we just keep, you know, we, we talk about what's the, the thing about a manager, trying to keep that, that levelness of calmness. And that's a big thing that I've tried to really work on because there's going to be ups and downs. Yeah. And I think with young t- players, they're going to feel that, they're going to hear that, and they're going to you know, take it to heart a little bit. And it's my and Steve's job to get them back up again, a little bit like Saturday. Mm. You know, you could hear one or two things going on, but then you're getting them in at half time and you're getting them going again. And then they put on a, a, a strong second half performance, obviously not getting the goals, but it's still believing in what they do. Should we move on to the systems and tactics you like to employ? John Barnes, and he should know because he's playing some teams, doesn't he? Talked about your team being very fluid. How do you set your team up? Tell us about the formation that you like to play. What's your system? Because that, Colchester at their best this season, that, that fluidity is yeah. unusual at your level. It, it, yeah, um, and you know the boys have been applauded for that as well. Um, it's one again. It's whether it's a four-three-three or a three-four-three. Um, we bring in whatever that system is. It's all that work that we've done behind the scenes of all the pre-season work, working with a couple of systems, and also the players working in day out every training, having that fluidity in training. Big part I said to you earlier on in the conversation. They must take the ball. They must take the ball mm. under pressure and be able to try and beat a person or if you're a defender I don't want you just whacking it up top and knocking it in the eyes I want you to be able to pick your passes because again I'm, I'm a, you know, a football nut and I want to play the right way that I firmly believe in playing football you were a defender football. weren't you John when you yeah, played I was, yeah. do, do you think you bring some of that into your game in the way you set up the team well, or now you're just looking at the whole team yeah you look at the whole team obviously but you still I'm still proud of 16, 17 clean sheets this season. Um, mm, it's improved mm. again on the last two years since I've yeah. been a manager, um, especially when we took over. I think we conceded there's over 100 goals. So I think we've tried to, you know, stop that in a way. The other, we've tried to win games of football, which we weren't doing. I think we've done that. I think up to now we've beat our wins from last year already, this year. And even on that little bit of a, a dodgy run we've been on of late, we've still beaten our wins this time around than last year. So everything's really positive. And again, I'll spin things around because we're a young team, I, you know. As well as the boys need to improve on the, you know, the indifferent game, we've still also got to think how good they are and how good they can be, and continue to work on the good stuff and keep them really well, positive. Everybody knows we've had some consistency issues this year, but when it's been good, it's been really good. Mm. And I was at the fan forum, and yeah. there was a couple of old boys that have watched more Colchester United yeah. fans than us two put together. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
they talked about it being some of the best football they've seen for years. Yeah. It, so when it's been good, it's been good. Um, what's pleased you most about the team this year and the progress it's made? I think, obviously, the younger boys again, all getting over the 100 games. Um, you know, your Frankie Kent, your Keynes, um, just to mention a few, Tom Lapsley, Smodricks, you know, Smodricks has been here. Again, he's our leading goal scorer. He's one of our own. He was leading goal scorer last year. He's now leading goal scorer again. That's another proud one, really. Um, you, the, the influence of, you know, Courtney Senior playing at a, you know, a real different level. Different level this year. Comparing him to Messi after one match. Different, different, different level this year. Some of the performances that boy's put in this year, mm. I think, you know, warrants, uh, you know, the accolades that he's been getting in a way. Um, he's one of those special players that when he gets the ball, you can feel the excitement. You can. And, and, and we cannot take that away. And, and listen, think he's going to, it's going to bobble off his knee and mm. do the, it's them man and Steve's job to get that boy on the ball again and to go again. And that's what we're here to try and do because, listen, as well as some of the great football that we've had, we've still got to improve on that consistency as, as you spoke about. You know, we've, you know, we've, we've won a lot of games but we've also lost a lot of games and we've got to try and find that. So, talk us through your role as a manager when it's not going so well. We've, we've seen what you can do and the fluidity of the team. Sometimes every team, it's not going well. What's your role as a manager? Yeah, what are yeah, you doing at that point? Bringing them level, trying to bring them up, because they're going to be down. That's the big thing. Trying to get them to where we feel is being our level throughout the season. Even when we win games, we bring them down if we can to that level, to find that mm. level as such. Thinking of the Macclesfield match, that was a real tactical battle, that one. Yeah. You turned round, turned it round at half-time. Yeah. You changed the formation. Talk us through that, because I thought that was really interesting. It was just something the way, we, because we play with a lot of pace in, in the wide areas, I just felt as though Macclesfield just stopped us into them, in them areas. I think the... the they seem to be packing the midfield yeah, to stop us playing that fluid they game that yeah, you they want. They changed their shape. They changed their shape, which is compliments in itself. They left the pitch high. They put a load of holes in the pitch, so the ball didn't run through to try and stop our. So you spot that at half time. What did you do with the players in that half time break? Just literally, we were we were one nil down just before half time. I think yeah, it was. I remember it was there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it was just you know we weren't playing well. We couldn't get our danger men in the game, especially you know your Courtney seniors and I think um, Abs plays out on the wide left that area, and it just felt to get Courtney in the game. He wasn't getting it in the wide area. We're bringing more into the central role with Sammy Smodricks and bring on Tom Eastley, knowing Big Tom can play like a marauding right back at times and be able to, to pin them back in. So we just spoke about playing in between uh, fullbacks and wingers. So you come into the end of the first half and you think, ah, oh, this isn't quite right. What are you doing? Are you taking notes? Are you talking to your, yeah, your assistant manager? Yeah. How are you deciding what to do and then what goes on in... Yeah, we'll I, just, you're not going to tell us everything, I know, because it's no, secret, but what goes on in that changing yeah, we'll room? Yeah, just straight away. And more often than not, I'll have it sorted before we go into the changing room. We'll speak mm. about literally what hasn't worked on that day, especially if the day goes well, we'll talk about what's doing really well and we'll concentrate on the positive. But on that particular day, we just felt a change of systems going away. We just thought the pitch was too bobbly to get the ball out into their wide areas to, to get our 1v1s. Um, and we just felt we needed to play a little bit to get that extra man in midfield ourselves. A little bit of a matchup in the midfield. Again, on a matchup, you, you would fancy one or two of our players against the opposition in any type of matchup. And, and more, it, it did work. It's just unfortunate we couldn't go on to get the winner because we got yeah. the early goal through the penalty early in the second half. And we just couldn't find that way um, to get the winner. But uh, credit to the boys. And I think that's what's been a real big plus as well, going back to pluses of the year. I think the subs have been 
able to affect the game this year a lot more. Um, you know, yeah, when, when right. coming up, I think that you know the, the bench has been strong at times. Obviously, we had the you know, the horrific injury list with the midfield mm. of late, but we've hopefully been getting through that, uh, and that they're going to play a big part from now until the end of the season. So, so it's it's not going to be so long before the end of the season. What what what's your plan for next season? How can we push on? Yeah, we're already looking into that now. That's all recruitments, um, obviously contracts and different things will be coming over the next couple of weeks. But again, as we're still in around it, there's no mention of what's going on with contracts. It's we've got a job to try and do to keep the boys focused. We don't want them to be, you know, head turns anywhere else or start thinking mm-hmm. about, you know, um, sort of contracts with the director of football. We've just kept that level. We haven't mentioned it at all. We're just trying to finish the season as well as what we've started it that's the big thing and then obviously as we've already spoke about we're already on recruitment drive at the minute now behind the scenes with, with the recruitment team looking at possibilities of you know replacements if not replacements fresh blood coming in um, and looking at you know, academy boys pushing yeah, to absolutely. break into the squad again you're looking at this year we've made a couple of you know um Oli Kensdale have made the debut Ryan mm. Clapham's made his debut Noel Chilvers has made his debut Todd Miller 16 years of age the youngest boy at the club to ever play for Colchester made his debut. Them, them four have, have sprung to mind of late, but the three early ones, Noah, Ryan and um, Oli Kensdale, they'll, they'll definitely be in the forefront because they've been with us all season. So, they're, they're, so they've been training with the squad, have they? Yeah. Yeah. Especially Noah since probably November time, October time, Noah Tilbers, he's been training every day and you can definitely see the benefits of training with the first team because when he does drop down into the 23s, He's been, you know, he's been able to boss the games. Not on his, well, maybe on his own if he hasn't had the help of one or two others. But you can definitely tell he's been, you know, trained with the first team, man. and that's good for him because again, he's only 18 years of age, is he? No, it's over, I think. So, you know, it's we're always looking for the next next group. What's the next group coming in? What's the next group coming in? And that's another. It's one of the things that makes us really proud of Colchester United. That and that's another part of the Colchester way, as we were saying that. We're always looking and we're always got them next group coming in. And as I said in the fans forum, I'm not interested in the defeats the 18s have had and the 23s and this, that, the year that has. You know, our fans will look at. What I'm looking at, the next best thing is how did Oli Kensdale play that game? Was he better than their centre halves? How did Robert Childers play that game? How's Todd Miller doing now as a 16 year old up against the 22 year olds in the 23s? That's how we view our 23s and that's them we go, yeah. We'll get him involved into the first team, get him training. And Todd Miller's been training with the first team for as well. He's been coming in on his on his day release and he's been training with the first team as well. So it's given him that experience again, just giving a little bit of a you know, a little bit of a jolt, a little bit of an injection of positivity, because he's a player that we really do think a lot of as well. Well, I look forward to seeing them because we've got some I've had some exciting players come yeah. from that academy. You know. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, we're like I, I remember Frankie Kent, for example. He's he's destined for big things. Like you talk about calmness on the ball, yeah. and just Frankie comes to mind. Yeah, well, again, these young boys, you know, we're, we're really proud of these young boys, and that's you know, that's it's all about Colchester. We give these boys an opportunity, but also they've got to repay that opportunity. And I think they've definitely repaid that opportunity. As I said, they've played now over a hundred games, a lot of them. Um, I think Tom actually signed a new contract mid-season as well, and Excellent. so it, it, it's brilliant news. And you know, we're just hoping now until the end of the season, there's still a lot more joy to come from. And finally, this will be going out on the Thursday before the end of the season. Have you got a message for the fans after the season? Um, listen, 
again, it's, let's hope we can get ourselves in around it because we've been in it all season. That's the big part. Um, we've got to obviously improve on our uh, consistency. But again, I really truly believe, you know, since I took over, I wanted to get the fans in the club and the players, that connection back together. Um, and I'm only just going to read it, what, what I see in Cambridge the other week. The players going in with the fans at Cambridge? Oh, what was that I, about? That? Was, yeah. that, was that the club thought that through or no, they just players. did it themselves? I think that's the relationship they've got with the fans. And yeah, you know, when things don't go bad, yeah, you, you will get your one or two boos and stuff. But more often than not, um, the true fans, in a way, as you say, 1,200 crossing the borders to go to Cambridge last week. You know, to see your, your players that have performed to a, a fantastic level and um, to get a 96-minute winner, that's that's probably one of the highlights of me this season. And we're hoping that connection with the fans, we want to improve on that again. I think the arrivals of the Harry Pels, I think recruitment was really good last year. Yeah, you know, And that's another thing, we've still got to improve on that again. And that's hence why we're looking at recruitment already. Because uh, we want to improve every year. And we've been able to improve on the wins this year from last year. Um, but we want again, you know, we want to now get a couple more wins from now to the end so, of the season. So close season's coming up. I think we had our best close season in many years in terms of recruitment last year. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree, yeah. yeah. Especially since I've been here and it's again, we've got a lot to improve on it. So how's the team going to be working when the season comes to a close to refresh the team, bring some new blood in? How's the recruitment team? Yeah. Yeah, again, we, we have meetings. We have a weekly meeting on the recruitment team. Um, we had one Tuesday just gone, mm-hmm. so we're looking at dotting the I's and crossing the T's already. There's a lot of hard work that goes on behind the scenes. Um, with Tony Hughes, the director of football, me, me and Steve and Mike Still. Uh, and we, we just don't want to leave any stone unturned. You know, that, that's, that's what we want to do. Well, I think on behalf of every Hughes fan, we wish you luck with that. And last Thanks season's close season was a brilliant one. We look forward to those academy players coming through. and. We've seen some great football this season, John, so thanks very much, we appreciate it.